Hey everybody, it's yep. Monday. Hope you guys had a good weekend. Yeah, me and Jen are sitting here wondering why ice melts faster in an alcoholic <laughs> drink as it does so one of those water. You can put great it in room temperature water and the ice will be in there forever. Well, not forever, but uh, for longer. Yeah. You Maybe I should put a timer on it. Rum and Coke or any other kind of alcoholic drink that fucking vanishes. And yeah, vanishes. it's just... And it's not hot in here. I don't really mm. understand. We have air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, it's Monday and that means it's time for a movie review. And again, we are talking about one that the very generous Xanada sent to us. It's been sending us a lot of stuff. Been sending a lot of uh, um, fucking um, shit. <laughs> a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio Leonardo movies. DiCaprio yeah. movies. Because <laughs> he's a fan of Leonardo DiCaprio. And I never really was, me and Jen kind of grew up in a time where we saw him in Romeo and Juliet, which which I loved. I loved that movie. I thought he was great in it. And then like Titanic, so we kind of were always under the impression that he was a child star, kinda, or kinda. like or like a pretty boy. Type. Yeah, a pretty boy child star or something. And really didn't take him too seriously. I stopped. I really, you know, stopped watching his movies. You know. And uh, recently, we're getting into him and. Um, He's fucking good, man. He's a good actor. He's really good. He's kind of like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, he's he, he's so good looking that you think he can't act. Yeah. But he can act. Go go look at fucking Fight yeah. Club. Brad Pitt's fucking great in it. Yeah, and, Brad Pitt is a good actor. Yeah, and he's good. And he was good in fucking 12 Monkeys and shit. He, he can play a lunatic. So he's very good. And sometimes it kind of get prejudiced. You see a real good looking movie star type actress, actor and you just kind of assume that he can't act. Leonardo was kind of like that for me. I just see him as a child star, just handsome, pretty boy, that bitch can't act. No, he can fucking act. The past fucking movies we've been watching, we've seen like five of them and he knocks it out of the park with each one. I gotta say, and this is, um, I'm violating the rules of the short man mafia, he's a better actor than Tom Cruise. Well, I don't think that's a controversial statement. Well, Tom statement Cruise to is a fucking movie star, though. That bitch delivers. He pretty much single-handedly saved all of Hollywood last year with that fucking Top Gun movie. <laughs> that well, was the only movie that made we any were, goddamn money. Well, and we were talking about that before. There's yeah. a difference between a movie star and an actor. Yeah, Sometimes it overlaps, but not always. Yeah. Tom can act. He was great in Collateral. Remember that fucking... He played a, a fucking... What yeah, yeah. Called Collateral? Yeah. yeah. He played a fucking assassin and shit. He can't act. It's just that... People pay to see Tom Cruise, just like I used to pay to see fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger and his cheesy ass movies. I paid to see Arnold. I didn't really pay to see Arnold act. Yeah, you never forget that it's him. Never forget it's Arnold. Yeah, you're right. gonna see Arnold do this shit. Well, the thing about this, the movie we were talking about today, obviously, it's right there in the title, is Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond from 2006. Now, incidentally, this movie came out the same year as The Departed, which we just reviewed a couple weeks back. <sighs> And so Leonardo DiCaprio was getting all the award nominations this year because he was in two very, very um, acclaimed films at the same time. And I really feel like 2006, when Blood Diamond came out, when The Departed came out, this was kind of the first time that, you know, much like you just said, that a lot of critics were like, holy shit, he's actually like a good actor like he's not he's a man you know what i mean yeah because you know it uh, like i said i think it's not even so much that he was a child actor but he's he's very boyish looking you know what i mean so it's kind of i think a lot of critics have found it hard again to take him seriously because he looked so youthful 
Um, but in this one, actually, even some critics pointed out, it's like, oh, this is the first time that he actually looks like a grown man. <laughs> like, and then that he actually, like, pulls it off, you he's know? He's in the early 30s. Yeah, and that's how old the character is supposed to be as well. Yeah. He says he's 32 at one it's point. It's a great flick. I love this movie. Uh, a, a dude in Africa who was, grew up in Rhodesia. And if you know the fucking story of Rhodesia, it was just like a, it was kind of an artificial country built by a bunch of English and Dutch guys trying to make an African nation. It was called Rhodesia. It was around for a little while, and then it collapsed. It got attacked by some communist rebels and shit, and it became Zimbabwe again. And uh, those dudes all ended up homeless. A lot of them went to fucking South Africa and other places to fucking hide out. And uh, there was a bush war and shit, the Rhodesian bush war that was happening uh, during the time of Rhodesia. It's quite an interesting uh, time. Which they do refer to refer slightly to in this one as he's talking about his childhood and stuff. Yeah. So um, DiCaprio's character is kind of like an ex-soldier who's become kind of like a soldier of fortune. He calls himself a soldier of fortune, a mercenary, basically, working in Africa. A smuggler. But he's not really a mercenary. He's a <laughs> smuggler. He's a yeah. diamond smuggler. Yeah. All right. He's just kind of a jack-of-all-trade. He's kind of survivalist. And uh, he's involved with fucking the diamond, the uh, blood diamond trade, you know, fucking smuggling diamonds out of Africa to make, make some fucking money. Well, into, well out of um, Sierra Leone and into, into Liberia to get them out of and then exporting right. them legally because you're not really right. supposed to export them from Sierra right. Leone. He's trying to make a big enough score so he could fucking leave the African continent and not have to come back. So he, he wants out of there. But it's in him. That the uh, Africa's fucking in him. He likes the adventure. He's gonna, and he's. This is a story of him going on this adventure with this fine ass journalist that I assumed was CIA. I don't know. They never did really say. She, no, she was just a journalist. Yeah, she wasn't. Sometimes it's one of the same thing. Played by Jennifer Connelly. She's looking good in this too. She always looks good. Yeah. And uh, he falls in with this African guy. Tries to. The African guy has found this huge fucking diamond. And he heard diamond. about it. Very rare. He heard he heard that this that this African guy has this diamond and he um, squirreled it away because he was a captive of the um, the RUF. RUF, yeah. Which is kind of like a uh, revolutionary uh, fighting force that was trying to take over. What country was that? Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone. That's Sierra Leone. Right. And uh, they enslaved. <clears throat> This dude had him out there digging diamonds, and he found one. It was huge. He put it in his toes and asked to go to the restroom. Fucking went out and fucking buried it. But then they he ended up in jail, and uh, his command because he got attacked by government forces, and uh, he got liberated, but was thrown into jail because they couldn't figure out who was who. While he was in there, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's Leonardo DiCaprio's character was locked up in there too, and he heard. Heard that that guy had found that diamond. It, wasn't he in there? Yeah. Yeah, he was in there, right? Yeah, that's how he found it. But he got sprung it. quick. And then later he used money to get that guy out of there. Yeah, DiCaprio arranged it. to team it. up with him to go back and get that diamond. And this is where the... Uh, this is kind of where the adventure begins. You know, this is an action-packed movie. Action-packed adventure. And... Um, he's got a friend, uh, African African guy who's a bartender... Who hooks him up with guns and information, and he sees Jennifer Connelly over there, you know, and he's like, "What's up with that?" And he's like, "Go check it out," type of deal, you know. 
and uh, turns out she's doing a story on the diamond trade, and he gets pissed, but he likes her. He's he's kind of he's hot for her, you know. She she's very hot in this, and she's very uh, manipulative. She's got her own skills. She can fucking manipulate dudes very well. Well, and, that's uh, kind of her job. That's she's her job. and she's well. They imply in this. Well, they don't imply. They say that she's you know a journalist and she's been in Afghanistan and everything like that. So yeah. she's used to being in dangerous situations and like wangling her way out of them. Yeah, with so, dudes that are trying to kill her. Right. Yeah. So that that comes in handy like right. several times over so, the course uh, of the she film. She appeals to their damn egos and shit. I mean, you guys look badass. Can I get a picture of you guys? And fucking. And, and she, they're all like, she oh, knows okay. how to fucking right. suck these dudes in. You know. <laughs> So anyway, um, it kind of generates into kind of like, kind of becomes a story. To me, it started to remind me of a high-end, serious version of kind of like Romancing the Stone, where you have this adventurer with this fucking... Oh, this is a lot more bleak than Romancing the Stone. (laughs) But it kind of reminds me of that. It was was kind of an adventure story. Yeah. Um, uh, With the, the fucking... With an Afrikaans kind of fucking vibe to it, you know, it's, it's Africa seen through the fucking eyes of a fucking white African who's living there, it, and uh, he makes friends and shit, you know, and fucking he's try he almost fucks this guy over the the black dude that he hooks hooks up with is just like a genuinely nice dude. He's just a family. He's just man. a regular yeah. fisherman. He's got a yeah. wife and kids, and he, he just, just wants he just, a normal ass life. He's just trying to get his family back. He doesn't even really give a shit about the diamonds or the money. He just wants his family and his son back. And uh, DiCaprio is kind of this uh, jack of all trades, kind of criminal slash mercenary. Who's kind of thinking amoral. About stealing that, he's thinking yeah. about fucking that dude over and stealing that diamond from him. And uh, it's kind of a story of, in the, in the end, redemption. Fucking uh, he where he was gonna steal it, but then he gets mortally wounded. Spoiler alert! <laughs> and uh, he fucking gives the diamond to him and fucking help tells him what to do with it and how to fucking make money and save his family. Yeah, get the fuck out fucking, of there! Yeah. Black dude was like, "What was his name again?" Solomon Vandy. Solomon, yeah. Solomon's like, "I thought you were gonna steal the diamond from me." He started laughing. He's on the ground laughing. He goes, "Yeah, it occurred to me. <laughs> it did occur because <laughs> he was gonna steal it." And then they both like had a good laugh. Yeah, yeah, it occurred to me. He was going to steal it. Yeah, but it's a good flick, man. It kind of brings back. If you like um, Warren Zevon's fucking movie Rolling the Head, or his song Rolling the Headless Thompson Gunner, it's kind of like that, you know? Story about African fighters. And kind of just like uh, stuff out of the the album, uh, out of the band Rome, you know, where they're fucking uh, One Fire, you know, the song they had about. Rhodesia and shit. It's just a very fucking cool. Very cool story. And uh, Leonardo fucking... He brings it in this movie. He's great in he this movie. Does a South African or a fucking African style? It's accent, a Rhodesian, Rhodesian accent, accent, which he is slightly do- different than an Afrikaans. Yeah, accent. but it's kind, of, it's kind of like South African sounded. But he can do it, and, and fucking he delivers, mm-hmm. man. Because I was curious, because I was like, I know that maybe some critics who maybe had never heard anyone talk from Rhodesia before. I don't know, because I I know that he got like a slight, maybe I think I remember like slightly people being like, oh, the accent he was doing, like it was so distracting and stuff like that. But so I did a little bit of research online and evidently people that are actually from that area said, no, he did a pretty good job. That's actually pretty much what they sound like. Yeah. So... Yeah, which kind of makes me proud. He's a fucking American actor. Most American actors can't act worth shit. 
<laughs> Best American actors are British. <laughs> Pretending to be American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that dude from uh, The Walking Dead, man, he, he had me, me being a Southerner, I would fucking swore straight up and down. Andrew Lincoln, yeah. From fucking Mississippi or Alabama or Georgia. No, he's British. Yeah. But he got that accent 100%. I don't know why, right. but like most British people can really do a yeah. good American accent. Totally immersion. They can't all do it, but most of them can. I guess it's just total immersion. They come down here and they live here for a while, you know, getting ready They have for coaches role. and stuff like that, but coaches. still. But I, yeah, I am Talking gonna, to people who are real fucking local. Yeah. I mean, I am going to say, um, I, I was curious because... It is a it is a very distinct accent, and I don't know if like maybe some people saw the movie and didn't realize that that's a very specific accent, like for people that are in, from that area, and the, maybe they thought he was just trying to do a generic South African accent or maybe even an Australian accent. I kind of feel like maybe people thought he was trying to do that, and I'm like, that's not exactly the accent that he's doing. It's a very specific region, yeah. and as far as I know. Like I said, most people from that I saw like comments from that were actually from that area said, "Yeah, he did a pretty good job." Yeah. Like that's pretty much what they sound like. To my ears, it just sounded South African. Yeah, it's very it's similar, but it's right, like yeah. yeah. But so um, this movie, it actually um, I guess the script for it was like floating around for years and years, and you know was in development hell and shit like that. The guy that directed it, Edward Zwick. He's real big on he and he and ended up like co-writing the script. He didn't write the original version, but he did like some rewrites on it later on. Edward Zwick is kind of known for doing big epic historical dramas that are also like like popcorn movies. You know what I mean? Like a good hybrid of that. Like he made The Last Samurai with Tom yeah. Cruise. Uh, he made Glory. Yeah. So he does like a lot of movies like that. And I think this was kind of like a perfect hybrid of you know, if you want to call it, and I, this is going to sound a little dismissive, but a message movie, you know, or issuetainment, if you want to call it that, uh, because it was, it's not exactly based on a true story, but it's a fictional story set inside a real context, like of real shit that was going on, um, you know, to draw attention to a particular issue. And I think uh, this character issue. was based on a real guy, wasn't he? Um, I don't think he was specifically based okay. on a real guy, no. Okay. But like I said, all the background stuff that was going on, that's all, okay, yeah. that's all based on real shit. But this, but this specific story is not okay. real. But all the background information was yeah, yeah. was based on real shit. So I did like specifically about this movie because I saw this movie back in because this came out in two thousand six. I saw it on an airplane in like two thousand six or two thousand seven. Like I was going over to the UK or something, and I saw it on the plane, and I remember really, really liking it a lot. But I hadn't seen it again since then, so I was really excited to watch it because I was like, wow, I remember that being really good. And I knew that Tom would probably really dig it. And I gotta say, it's way better than I remembered it being. Way better. I didn't actually remember how fucking action-packed this thing is. You know what I mean? I kind of remembered it being as kind of like more of a, a heavy... Like I said, like a message movie, not in a bad way, but you know what I mean? Like it's all about this kind of conflict and it's a real bummer. And it is about that, but it's super, super like, I mean, there's fucking gun battles and yeah. car chases and shit like that. The African and, warfare. Yeah. And like, and not in a, and not in a Michael Bay kind of no. cheesy ass way, like in a realistic way. And actually the battle scenes in this are really good. They're and they're like, good, yeah. yeah, they're a good representation of African warfare. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and and the shit that the shit that the, the RUF was doing to people, how how they got kids to become child soldiers, how they talk talk them into it, use mind control on them. The movie's fucking great. I think it's a masterpiece. It's on par with a fucking Daniel Craig, James Bond, you know, like fucking Casino Royale. It has a lot of that feel to it, where there's kind of a grittiness and kind of a reality to it. The characters that, that, that he's playing is kind of like a James Bond type guy, except he's, you know, I don't want to say he's a mercenary. He, he's, yeah, he, he is. He's I mean, a mercenary he's, slash he's working for people, but he's right. like working for himself and he doesn't yeah. really, his kind of character arc, everybody has a character arc in this, but his yeah. main character arc is, um, you know, actually doing something for someone else at the end rather than just looking out for yeah, himself the yeah. whole entire time. Yeah, he, but he's very much kind of like a fucking low-budget James Bond guy. He doesn't have any governments behind him, really. It's, he's just on his own. And he's dealing with rough dudes and trying to come up with money and buying illegal guns and carrying fucking pistols and shit and fucking killing soldiers to get a mission done just to get this damn diamond. He's not doing it in the name of any kind of country or any government. He's doing it for himself. Yeah, he's, he's just trying Russia. to make money. He's in, he's in, in Russia. He's in, he's in Africa. And it's kind of lawless anyway. The countries that he's in are falling apart. So you can do what you want. And, yeah. Uh, great. It's a great flick, man. It's a masterpiece. And like That's I said, really this good. is based on real shit. Um, when they wrote the screenplay, they actually had to fictionalize the names of the diamond companies and stuff like that because they're like <clears throat> De Beers. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, they didn't want to get sued. So... Yeah. They're like, but we wanted to make it as truthful as possible, so even if they wanted to sue us, we'd be like, hey, we're not making anything up. Like, you know what I mean? Right. We have proof that all this kind of shit happened. So, but that was a very common thing. The movie is actually came out in 2006, but it was set in 1999. And the reason they said it then was because, you know, obviously the Civil War in Sierra Leone um, ended in 2002, so they wanted to set it while it was still kind of at its height. And also in 2000, um, because of the kind of outrage about, uh, you know, blood diamonds in general, um, they actually established something called the Kimberly process, which is in theory supposed to, um, you know, certify that the diamond didn't come from a conflict area. You know what I'm saying? In practice, um, the thing about it is that from everything I read about it, the, there are still blood diamonds, like conflict diamonds out there, but it's not as bad of a problem as it used to be. It's still a problem, obviously, but it's not as bad as it used to be. And I think that's maybe because a lot more people are aware of it nowadays. Um, but, I mean, the whole thing behind this movie, something that they, like I said, wanted to draw attention to, was that the diamonds were funding these rebels... And these rebels were essentially going from village to village and just wiping everybody out, like raping the women, shooting the children, or taking the children and turning them into child soldiers. It's just like I told you in that Russian movie that we saw when the fucking, those German Einsatzgruppen going through, going through Russia. I said, that's kind of like African warfare, what they were doing, which is, in a way, real warfare. It's just killing civilians, getting rid of the enemy population. Depo- that's what they're doing. What's the name of that Russian movie we were selling together? Come and see. What's that? Come, Come and see. see. You're right. Yeah. So it's it's not confined just to the African continent. It it's it's been throughout the history of mankind that they've done this kind of shit. People have done this to each other. And that's one of the statements of this movie. This the African guys like I can't believe that my people do this to each other over here. It's fucked up. Yeah. 
cutting people's hands off just be, for really so, nothing. Well, they, their yeah. their story was, well, we we didn't want you to vote, so we're going to cut your hands yeah. off, and they did absolutely do that. That's not yeah. they didn't make that up for the movie. It's um, more that like was trying to take control of them using horror. To take, yeah, yeah, yeah. To so dominance. I mean, I read somewhere that like hundreds of thousands of people were mutilated like that, like had cut their hands, hands and yeah. yeah, had their hands and feet cut off. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so they were just going from village to village, and like ostensibly they were kind of starting out like fighting the government and saying like, oh, we're going to help the people, but they just ended up killing people in the end. And they were using diamonds, they were capturing people, capturing children, and brainwashing them into being child soldiers, which they do depict in this movie, which I thought was good. I like that they kind of had the balls to show that. Yeah. They do show it like pretty clearly, like how it happens, and they do show little kids like mowing people down yep. and shit like that. Yeah, most of the soldiers are fucking young. Yeah, Nine, they're ten. like little kids. Yeah. And they're taken away and they're brainwashed into, oh, your parents are just weak, they're fishermen and it's like yeah. they don't they're not fighting for the country and blah de blah. Yeah. And so and they and then they're kind of like nice to them and they give them all this stuff, but they're, you know, trying to get them to One thing I like that the, the in this movie the black teacher guy points out, he says the word infantry is French. Infanterie means child soldier. Absolutely true. I'm ex-infantry, 101st Airborne Division. And uh, originally, infantry in the West, okay, they were young, real young, 12, 13, 14. That's who you were looking for. Child soldier. <laughs> when you're young, you're indestructible. So you think you're invincible. So you, you make good soldiers. Yeah. And they, and yeah, like I said, you're not they, aware enough to be afraid. Right. And they spend quite a bit of time. Yeah. In this one, because, you know, the one of the main characters, Solomon, um, you know, he gets, you know, taken in his family, his wife and kids get away, like, when their village is raided. Um, but he doesn't know where they are for, like, a really long time. But he gets captured and essentially enslaved and, like, yeah. put into, you know, to, into, to work on the diamond mines. And so he's kind of just wants to get his kid back. But meanwhile, his son, whose name is Dia, who, who's, he's probably, what, like, 10, 11 yeah, he's about something 10, like that. About 10, 11, yeah, um, 12. you know, he's all that his dad wanted for him was for him to become a doctor, to have like a better life than he had, and that was really all that he wanted for his family. Like he was a very simple, kind of good man. And Dia gets abducted and brainwashed into this thing, and they show this particular scene, which is actually pretty horrible, where. All the kids are there, and they're, like, doing, like, a class, almost. And they put, like, a blindfold on Dia and tell him just... They hand, put a gun in his hand and just pull the trigger, pull the trigger. And there's a guy. And he doesn't see the guy. Like, there's a guy... The guy there's a, he doesn't know there's a guy there. He just, like, blows the guy away. And then he takes the thing off, and he's all freaked out. But then, like, later on, the guy's like, oh, we're promoting you to captain, and, like, you did really good, and blah 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 yeah. So, over time, he gets so brainwashed that when his dad, like, comes into the camp, like, to try and rescue him, yeah. he's like, traitor, traitor! Like, he yeah. doesn't recognize him anymore. Yeah, and really, that way, that way of uh, in, indoctrination or uh, training a, a child soldier, what, what they showed in the movie here, was actually the tame way. Uh, another way that they would do it, and I heard this from fucking witnesses who were fucking involved in this shit, on some other programs that I was doing research. What they would do is they'd go into a village and they'd grab an entire family and they'd get the kids and they says, we're going to kill all of you. And then you tell the kids, says, if you kill your own parents, we'll let you live. And they'll do that. Then the kids would kill their own parents. And then afterwards, 
they'd be all messed up from killing their own parents. And then, then their little new commander would say, what you did was cowardice. Only a weak boy would do that. Kill their own parents. You should have died. But right. because you're a coward, all right, you killed your own parents. He says, but instead of killing you, we're going we're gonna to teach you how to be brave and strong and how to face death like a man. And then that's where they grew them. So they're using the guilt over killing their own parents to live to turn them into a kamikaze. Right. Which is a more advanced way of doing it. Like, you, you're <coughs> weak. You should have volunteered for death. Right. Only a weak person would kill their own family yeah. to live. You suck. But we're going to make you into a man. Yeah. Well, it's like breaking someone down yeah, before yeah, 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 yeah. building them back up. Yep. Even if building them back up into something, right. into a monster, is essentially yeah, what they're doing. Yeah, don't for one second think those African fighters down there were fucking full of shit. No, no, just go look at fucking General Butt Naked. We, did a, we did a whole good. show about that guy. Yeah, they were very good at what they were doing, and, and as, a, as, a, as a professional soldier from a highly organized industrial society, no, they actually know what they're doing for, for, for their battlefields. It's a different, they're in a different situation. Uh, than say the United States is. No, they were expert at what they were doing. And more traditional, actually. That's the way you'd done it in the Middle Ages, probably. And, you know, like I said, I, I think the thing that's cool about this movie is that, I mean, it's sad to watch. Yeah. It's like, it's horrifying to watch. Um, and especially because all the action sequences are really well shot. And it's like, it really doesn't shy away from just the horrible horrible violence i mean just all of just pe entire villages of like just innocent people getting fucking mowed down and shit like that i mean it's it's horrifying to watch but like i said it's not they're not exaggerating i mean that did happen like during that civil war so it's not like i said it's not really exaggerated so i like that it didn't really shy away from that but at the same time it's still and this is going to sound kind of fucked up to say but it's still like an entertaining movie even though it's a bummer and it's like a it's a horrifying topic but it's still like a thrilling movie to watch like it's really fast paced it's really like an adventure yeah. and i think it was good that they focused on the three characters that they that are kind of at the center of it i think that was a good dynamic because you had leonardo dicaprio's character archer. archer archer was yeah, his yeah. last name and who was just like an amoral, selfish, you know, he was just kind of out for himself and that's all he, he was, was worried about. He was a type guy. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. And yeah. you find out later that he had some real fucked up shit happen to yeah, him when he was a kid, parents. like what happened to his parents and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, so you find out that and then you get some sympathy later. But so, you know, you're kind of following his character arc through the whole thing as he's like, you know, learning to maybe do something like for someone else other than himself. You also have... Uh, Solomon, Solomon's character, who's um, who's he's also I love that actor by the way, and I was just like, I was like, man, he's been in so many things. He was in Amistad, the Steven Spielberg movie. He was also in the Shazam movies. He was the wizard. Okay, Shazam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. probably yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So because I was like, yeah, I I've, I've seen him in a, yeah, I've seen him in a bunch of yeah. shit. Um, yeah, Jamon Hounsou is his name. So yeah, he's been in a ton of shit. He should be in more stuff, actually. Yeah, but yeah, he was in all the Shazam movies. He's fucking great in this. I think yeah. he got a Golden Globe nomination yeah. or maybe an Oscar nomination. He's got a fantastic skull. His head is just fucking. He's, he's he has bald. a great face. He has a great. Yeah, he's face. got a real good face. Yeah. Yeah, but um, and but he is just a, a just a genuinely good dude. So much so. 
that he kind of does dumb shit. He can't lie. Because he can't lie. He doesn't understand... Like, he's like, but, you know, when they're trying to, like, get, they're trying to, like, lie their way into this one place where the diamond is, where he hid the diamond, by going with the press convoy. So, they're like, yeah, we're all reporters, and you're the cameraman. He's like, but I'm not a camera. He's like, shut up. You are a camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he doesn't understand, like. You don't understand. Sometimes you have to fucking this, lie, right. lie in, 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 in the, you have to lie in order to get a mission done. Yeah, because he's just such okay. a good person that right, he's yeah. just like deception he's like, is not in him. The, yeah, that he can't yeah. be like that. He's and he's just like very optimistic about the future. Like I said, he's really convinced I'm going to find my son and I'm going to be able to get him back and he's going to be a doctor one day and all this yeah. other kind of stuff. So, but so I really uh, like the dynamic between those two characters. This kind of just like world weary, cynical, amoral smuggler dude, yeah. and then this like pure hearted. Um, just a tribal guy trying to move up. Yeah, he's just yeah. And, and all he cares about. He's just like I just he just wants his family back. Yeah. You know, like especially his son. And he actually kind of feels sorry for um, Archer because Archer does not have a wife or children or yeah. you know yeah. or anything like that. And he just feels bad for him yeah. because he's alone. And then I also like the addition of Jennifer Connelly's character, whose name is Maddie, and she's kind of like your. You know, she really cares about this conflict. She really cares about these people. But then in a way, she's also kind of exploiting them too, which she seems a little bit aware of. Because she does kind of bring it up. She's like, to him, she's like, oh, you think I'm just exploiting their grief, like, for my own career? Because she does go around taking pictures of people in horrible situations and writing stories about them and stuff. Um, So I think that it, I don't know, I just think the movie was good at kind of approaching all of these moral conundrums. Another thing is, is that... Without any easy answers. She was all anti-Blood Diamond. But in the end, she helped Solomon sell the Blood Diamond to get money. Yeah. To save his family and to get the fuck out of there. But then he used the money, and he testified in front of an international court about what was happening over there. And she did write the story about it, so to, like, draw attention to it. So... She was also ended up, in order to help Solomon, she kind of became a smuggler in a way, or aided in abetting fucking blood diamond smuggling. Yeah, I mean, she helped get it out. Well, yeah, she helped get it out of the country. She helped get it out of the country, yeah. And she helped him sell it. Right, Because, like I said, spoiler alert, Leonardo DiCaprio's character dies at the end. Yeah. But before he dies, he helps Solomon escape. Yeah. And then he calls Maddie on the sat phone and says, hey... I'm sending him to London. Please help him when he gets there. Like, help, because he won't know what to do. Like, who to sell it to and shit like that. Jen says, you know, him getting killed and shit was a bummer. I'd say no. Uh, The way the story goes, it's a masterpiece. It's the end. It's it's the honorable end of of a tragic anti-hero. Yeah. Okay. He's a heroic guy, but he's kind of an anti-hero who becomes a hero. In his death. Yeah. He couldn't be, be a hero... While he was alive. While he was alive. Right. He had to start dying, and he goes, okay. I'm going to be a good I'm person. I'm out of here, so I'm going <laughs> to help you. Right. Okay. Fucking, uh, and that's how he redeemed himself. That was so great and where... I thought, and the story would not be the same without him being dying in it. Yeah, he kind of did. he lived did. in it, it would have been a light story, a light bullshit Hollywood story. No, he had to die in this Kind of like the way Harrison Ford said Han Solo should have died in the Star Wars movies. Yeah. He should have died. Sometimes but, you got to kill a character yeah, off as much he, as you... Yeah, but he didn't die. Well, they, and here they killed him. Yeah. I also, I love when he's like up on the ridge or whatever. 
Um, cause he gets shot during this whole thing and then like, he's like, yeah, bro, I'm not going to make it. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's when they have the whole discussion about, you know, he's like, I thought you were going to steal the diamond. And he's like, it did occur to me cause he was going to, he was going to steal it. He, yeah. he was going to steal it. Yeah. Um, but so, cause he like I said, laughing. And it, the, the it just had laughed. occurred to me. It had occurred to me. He said. <laughs> but I really like, like after he makes sure that. Um, that Solomon has got on the plane because he called in, you know, his pilot and everything yeah. like that. It's like, get him the fuck out of here. To extract him, yeah. With, you know, with the diamond. Yeah. And um, so I like, then he calls Maddie, like Jennifer Connelly's character on the sat phone. She's in London or whatever. And says, I'm looking at a, like a beautiful view right now. He doesn't mean the view view. He means the plane leaving. Yeah, yeah. Like I got him out of here and yeah. his life is going to be better. And then he's able to like actually get to London and negotiate not only to get paid for the diamond, but also to get his family. Yeah, um, and then they have the little iconic scene where he's wounded. He's got a fucking a sucking chest wound, basically. It's kind of at an angle. Yeah, it looked like it came like hit him in the lung. Hit him in the lung at a certain angle underneath his arm, and uh, Solomon tried to carry him out of there, but he couldn't take it anymore. So it was fucking. Involved. He did carry him for a while. Carried him a while, but yeah. he just couldn't. He wasn't going to make it. So he set him down, and he just. Uh, told him what to do get out of here and fucking make sure he got extracted and solomon stayed behind fighting the pursuers to buy him time to leave and he's and the guys that he was fighting was his old unit basically his old commander his old commander and and the new and the guy in the little mercenary army he had amassed uh from rhodesia so they were ex-rhodesians and that's where they have a little bitty fucking scene that didn't last long of DiCaprio using what in the gun scenes called the fucking blood diamond carbine. It's very famous. I saw a bunch of videos about yeah. it. Like I, a lot of people are I, very excited. I about built it. that carbine. Yeah. It's an XM, <laughs> it's an, it's an XM one seven seven with a one upper and a short fucking flash suppressor without the fucking slots cut in it. And a fucking, uh, some, an optic on top. It's an aim point. Or it's an old, it's an old one of the older aim points. You can get reproductions of it, and I got the reproduction light and everything. But I didn't spray paint mine green. Uh, but all the all the all the ex Rhodesian guys carried that same weapon in it, and it's it's famous now in the gun scene. Blood Diamond Carbine. The guys guys are making that retro rifle. They're making that, and they're also making uh, the one the uh, the Gordon Carbine. I think is what they call it, for, which is the one from Black Hawk Down. It's a similar, yeah, similar carbine. We reviewed that, didn't we? Like, yeah, pretty recently. I yeah. thought, but uh, '90s guns, and I, I came up in the '90s, you know, fucking as a soldier. So I, ha- I have a real soft spot for A1s and A2s and uh, XM177s and shit that came from the fucking '90s all the way up to the late '90s. Just good old retro guns. They call them retro guns now. Those those bitches were fucking high tech when I was active. <laughs> you call it retro it's funny you get old before you think you get old without really thinking about it well you know it happens to everybody mm-hmm. but the, well the thing about this one I kind of feel like maybe because this movie came out the same year as The Departed which everybody talked about I feel like this one doesn't get talked about as much and even though it made money like it cost a hundred million dollars to make which You'll understand when you see it. I mean, they shot it on location. Actually, in um, they didn't shoot it in Sierra Leone, obviously, but they shot it in uh, Mozambique. So they did shoot it in Africa. But 
And the battle scenes and stuff like that are just amazing. And uh, there's no CGI in this, I don't think. It didn't look like it. Everything looked like... It looked like practical effects. It all looked like practical effects, like all the explosions yeah. and gunshot. And like I said, there's a lot of fucking violence in this. It's pretty horrifying. So, but like I said, it's realistic, like, to what was going on at the time. But I kind of feel like this one, it got positive reviews, but also kind of mixed. I think a lot of people, some critic reviews I thought, like, a lot of them were just kind of like, yeah, this is awesome, but a lot of people didn't like it as much as The Departed. I think I like this one better than Depart- The Departed a little bit. But um, I think people thought maybe the end was too, like, pat or too Hollywood. Um but I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, though. You know, maybe Hollywood for the time they would never make this movie today. Not the way they made it now. No, this is a good movie. I mean, this wasn't that long ago, really. Mm-hmm. This movie. But, but like I said, I like that they didn't. I mean, they actually had the balls to go there. They didn't call the the company in the in the thing to beers because, like I said, yeah. they're going to get sued. But that's pretty much who they were talking about. Um, but they did go into kind of all the intricacies of the diamond uh, industry and like the inherent problems with it. And I don't know if it was this movie that caused a lot of people to be more aware of the issue, but I'm sure it didn't hurt. So I think um, at this point, more people at least are aware of it and are like, if they are going to buy diamonds, which one, I never would because it's why not really my thing. Yeah. And it's like, even if I could afford it, it's why would you? But well, that's one of the things about the movie. The movie tells you is that, like, the, is it really worth like value, people getting their hands yeah, yeah, cut the, off the and shit? Because that's the, what happens. The value of diamonds is artif- is an artificial construct. They're not worth anything. They're just rocks. Not really. They're just pretty rocks. Yeah, and um, the technology exists now where you can fucking pull those things out of the ground all fucking day long. So most of the diamond industry is to fighting. Well, they can make them in a lab. You can make them in a lab. You can make them in a lab. Most of the most of the diamond industry is to kind of stop people from digging, because the more they dig, the more diamonds they find, and the value of the diamonds fucking starts to plummet. Well, and they, they even start flooding the market. They even mentioned in this movie that the diamond is, and they do actually do this, is that they have a fuck ton of diamonds just like in vaults. Yeah, hiding them. To hide them. Because if they would hit the market, the value would fucking plummet. Right, because they want artificial scarcity. Yeah. So they do bring that issue up in the movie as well. Diamonds were fucking rare back before the industrial era. Because they were harder to get. They didn't have hardcore industrial machinery and the ability to find where diamonds are made and where they are on the earth. You know what I mean? You know where to dig. They're kind of random to find a diamond. But even when fucking European nobles back in the fucking 1400s found a diamond, they really weren't all that valuable either, and they didn't weren't even really that pretty. It was just something kind of shiny. They cut it and they put it in a necklace and give it to the rich person. But I don't think they were worth all that much either back then. But now, really, the, the idea that diamonds are fucking worth a shit ton of money is a modern construct. And there was a whole advertising campaign behind it that hey if you're gonna marry somebody you gotta give them a diamond like for an engagement that, yeah that is a totally artificial that was concept. the diamond industry that was the diamond industry saying that, that. And, and, and that well they were trying to sell they were trying to sell products. these things yeah. that's just like every other company yeah does. yeah yeah so you know what I mean and then they start guilt tripping dudes oh well diamonds are forever the fucking relationship's forever or isn't it it's better to have a diamond involved oh she's looking for these stones boys cough up the fucking cash Man, they weren't looking for those stones until they told them about those stones. They didn't give a shit about that. 
I mean, honestly, like I said, I always thought gemstones were pretty, but it's like, I don't think I would ever, like, spend all that kind of money on it. I really don't give a fuck. Honestly, I would rather... I, I just like the look of stuff, so I would just buy, like, fake, fake costume Glass shit. It looks shit, just it as good matter. to me. I don't really care. Makes no fucking difference. One way or the other. And at least nobody got fucking shot or enslaved or had their hands cut off over it, so at least... And everybody so can have it, there's you that. Know, but there's, you know, you can just buy it. There it is. Five yeah, bucks. that's what I mean. Beautiful necklace. But it's just, I do kind of like that this movie, and like I said, it's not, it's not super heavy handed about it. Like it does make it clear, like what the, you know, all, all of the kind of uh, machinations of what's going on behind the scenes. And like I said, all of that is true. It was like really well researched and stuff, but it's like, they don't hit you over the head with it. It's still like a good story. It's still a compelling, you know, action thriller. It's still really fast paced and it still has really good characterization. You care about the characters. So it doesn't feel like, oh, it just has a message shoehorned in. I mean, obviously there is a message in there, but I think they did a good job of kind of organically putting it into the plot. You know what I mean? And like I said, I kind of feel like something like diamonds, which is just so, it's a luxury item. You don't need it. You know, you can't eat them. You can't do anything with them really other than wear them. So, you know, if it made a few more people aware that it's like, hey, this is all the shit that's going on behind that, like, maybe you might want to not buy one or at least find out where it came from. You know what I mean? And like I said, nowadays, because they can grow them in a lab, I don't really don't think there's any reason to to go with any of this nonsense. You know what I'm saying? So there's that. Sidequest Hero says, uh, ah, Blood Diamond, it's a great movie. It is a great movie. Like I said, I had forgotten how fucking good this movie was. Like, I'd, I had seen it once before, but, but see, it, man, it's just relentless. Like, it just keeps going. It's just like, and I just, the the battle scenes are just, like, so well staged. Like, all, everything is just, like, so, it's really intense. Like, you know, it just really, it doesn't slow down for, like, a minute. And it's long. It's, like, two hours and 25 minutes or something. But it's just, it doesn't seem long at all. Like, you just really are going along for this ride. So I think it was, like, really well done. But like I said, the director of this is kind of known for doing these big kind of historical epics like that. Which I we, loved it. I thought it was a great movie. We never did Last Samurai, did we? No, we did, but I've seen it. The it's Tom Cruise movie. movie. I saw it a long time ago, but I don't remember all it's that good. much. It's pretty good. And he did Glory yeah. as well, which yeah. I remember liking that too, but I haven't seen that in a long time either. The Last Samurai was based on that was based on that yeah. Was well, like I, I said, I this know is too. But was no. involved in that though. Yeah, well, probably not. They probably just wanted just to shoehorn, shoehorn a white guy <laughs> to Tom Cruise like in there. When, Shogun, when, when fucking Shogun came out, they're shoehorning some fucking a Dutch white guy into the Japanese history. They didn't really like that. Well, that's the thing. It's like, and I kind of feel like it, maybe it's a little less so like that nowadays. But I kind of feel like for a long time Hollywood was like, well, Americans aren't going to watch a movie unless there's a white dude in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have to like figure out some way to like put him in the story. That was the that was that was the old audience. That's what. It, yeah, that's what the I'm new saying. New shit now. Fucking, I watch an all Japanese movie. Fucking. Yeah. No, I don't. No one. No one really cares nowadays. But Godzilla Zero came out. What was that? It's Godzilla minus one. Minus one. God, yeah. yeah. Godzilla minus one came out. That was all Japanese movie from Toho. The original studio, and that shit was fucking off the chain. It was a great movie. I want to buy that. Well, honestly, I think the thing, and and this is one of the things, and I think I brought this up on my um, History of Horror uh, thing, documentary that I made. I don't want to call it a documentary, just the video that I made. And the proliferation of streaming services, I think, has done not only, like, 
uh, do you see like a lot more movies by like indie filmmakers and stuff like that? But you see a lot more movies like foreign foreign stuff stuff, and so people are a lot more um, open to shit from just anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but because I kind of feel like people Aren't back you in zombie movies, yeah, like people back in the old days, be like, ah, well, you know, they they needed like an American in the movie, or they wanted yeah. it to be in English, or they wanted it to be dubbed, or some shit like that. But it's like nowadays, I don't think most people have this a problem. Is how with. stupid it was. They dubbed Mad Max 1 into American English. Ridiculous. From fucking Australia. It was in English. It was already in English, yeah. And the and the Australian dub is superior to the American well, dub. Well, of course. Far superior. I can't stand dubbing. Stupid. I don't know why they did that. They were trying to pass that movie off as some kind of an American movie. But I think... That's the kind I of shit they was, did. Right I, think it was, I think it was something different than that, though. I think what it was is that the company that was going dis- to distribute it there must have been some kind of agreement. Well, we have to have some American participation yeah. in it before we can distribute it. We want our cash, so we're gonna fucking we're gonna fucking uh, dub it and we have some voice actors, and then we can call it our own and we'll make our yeah. cut. That's gotta have been something. Well, they like that. did that with a lot of like the the Japanese movies. Remember, yeah. like even the Godzilla, the original Godzilla movie. Yeah, they re-edited that with some American actors in yeah. it. Yeah, they that they American released actors. over here, like yeah. with uh, scenes with American actors. And in that it. wasn't in the original. No, Gojira. of course not. No, and I tell you what, Gojira minus one or Godzilla minus minus one was the best, the second best Godzilla movie. It was as good as the as the original because it it had a. The, if you watch the original Godzilla movie, it's a horror movie. It's oh, it's definitely a horror it's, movie. It's a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, some of the later ones were kind of goofy and like, yeah, you know, it, it kind of went. They were kaiju movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Dude, the first one was absolutely a horror movie. Yeah. Well, minus one is a horror movie, too. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And, and like Jaws. It's got some Jaws elements. It's got yeah. It kind of reminded me of Jaws in yeah. a weird way. Yeah. All, all fucking. So we're sitting here. We're plugging Godzilla minus one in the middle of this of Blood Diamond. But uh, well, it deserved it. You know, it's a, it, you know, the movie was out just a couple months back, so. Sidequest here says, dude, dubbing makes me crazy. Yeah, I'd rather read subtitles. The only time I will watch a dubbed movie is if it's an Italian yeah. Giallo movie. Yeah. Because they did that for all. They're all dubbed. They're all, they're all dubbed. You can't really. There is no original. Because, well, yeah, what happened with that, with the Italian film industry in particular, is that they had actors from all over Europe and American actors and shit like that. So they just said, everybody just speak their right their language and we'll just dub it into a whole bunch of different languages. Yeah, they dub it. Yeah. So it's like, so you just watch the English dub and it's not like there's a difference. Yeah. So so that doesn't bother me as much, but I can't watch because because I know that that's not the person's real voice. It yeah. drives me fucking insane. But it's not the same world. We saw Godzilla minus one in a fucking AMC theater. It had a good crowd in there, and it was in Japanese. Yep, it was in Japanese, which is subtitles. Which is how and it the should be. Fucking audience loved it. Yeah, they were super they into fucking it. loved it. Yeah. Great movie. Like I said, and I think that probably because now you can see any movie from any era yeah. ever. Like, you can just watch it pretty much. Um, I think people are a lot more open to... Every now and then, I do see some, like, people whining. Like, because I'm in a lot of horror groups and stuff, like, on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. Every now and then, you see some people whining. It's like, remember when we reviewed that movie When Evil Lurks, which was Argentinian? Yeah. And um, that was a fucking fantastic movie. It was so good. And it's um, it's on Shudder, by the way. And um, 
some people were like, oh, everybody was talking about this movie and I watched it and it's fucking, it's in a foreign language. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to read a movie and I'm just yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, how yeah, old are you? You don't deserve to be watching Then don't that. fucking watch don't it Don't fucking then. watch it, yeah. Because honestly, yeah. like some of the best horror movies in the last several years have been foreign horror movies. When you're watching a foreign flick, you want to see it in the original language because you want to hear the fucking, the authenticity of the experience. That's what I mean. I want to hear the their voices. authenticity of the fucking experience. And you know... You'd watch these, I'd watch these Chinese movies, okay? When they were dubbed into English, they were corny as fuck. If you saw it in the original language, you're like, oh, this is a high-quality movie. Yeah, it's not. Okay, they're good actors. Okay, yeah, yeah, this isn't a joke. Yeah. Yeah. They come across as, like, funny because it's sometimes, funny, right? Because yeah. right. Danny even said that old-school kung fu flick dubbing yeah. is funny when it's in English. Yeah, you hear it in, yeah. Ch- in Chinese, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's actually, like, a serious yeah. movie. Right, yeah. So, you know, that's that's kind of... What where I'm coming at it from, but like I said, and I'm used to reading subtitles anyway because I'm half deaf at this point in my life. So even if the movie is in American English, I always put the subtitles on because I can't hear fucking shit and I can't hear what they're saying. So I always have subtitles on. So I'm used to reading subtitles no matter what language the movie is in. So, so it doesn't bother me. It was so stupid. Fucking, I, I what, saw fucking Road Warrior on VHS. You know, back in the day, because. I wasn't around during the time when it was on the theater. And it was a fucking great movie. And then we go and fucking rent Mad Max 1 and it's dubbed. We're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> That's not Mel Gibson's voice. What yeah, it's like, we know what he sounds like. Come but, on. But then later on, we were we were allowed to get the original Australian dub. And all of a sudden, oh man, this is a great movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. You want to hear it with the original, with the original fucking audio track. Yeah, so you I mean, could hear the actors, and it made a lot more sense when it was in Australian English. And theory, I, I don't, I don't understand the market of the seventies, and the, the American market of the seventies and the eighties, of where you tried to make everything seem American. Because Mad Max One, I think it would have had market appeal as an Australian movie. You would think that, would like think now, was, like I said, yeah. nowadays no one would care, but maybe back then. Because here's the thing, I'm gonna say that. Even, like, in the 70s and 80s, you know, like, there were all those Canadian horror movies? Yeah. And they all pretended they were American. Yeah, weird. Like, they'd always have a character. Yeah, they always had, like, a character. Like, My Bloody Valentine didn't try that hard. Yeah. But, like, a lot of other slasher movies would have, like, you know, there'd be, like, the cop character, and he'd have, like, an American flag on his desk or some shit like that. We're like, we we know this is Canada. Knock it off. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as somebody says, oot, you know know what I mean? It's like... (laughs) We know we know where you're at. They were too conformist, too Amer- <laughs> American centric. The fucking studio should have said, "No, this is going to be a foreign fucking flick. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be Canadian as fuck, Canuck and shit, Canuck exploitation." Yeah. That's what. That's what done, Brandon Tennell. Yeah, calls and it probably would have been better because he's got, Canadian. As, so I think they were know. underestimating the audiences at the time. They probably they would, did. Yeah, I think they probably would have had a better response if you sold it as a foreign movie. Yeah. In English, Canadian English. And so and the yeah. thing about it that's crazy is that even during the 70s, a lot of foreign horror made a lot made a big splash like yeah. in the United States like Italian. Dario Argento movies yeah. and stuff like that. And I mean those were dubbed in English, yeah, yeah, like fair enough. But you saw like some weird fucking Spanish movies like all that kind of Eurosleaze and stuff like that. Like people were all into that, you yeah. know. Yeah. I don't So I don't know. I don't get it either. I think that was maybe more yeah, that was maybe some audience demand, but I think that was mostly studios being, like, underestimating their audiences, maybe. Yeah. Side quest here is in. What's up, man? 
So I think foreign horror, she says, I think foreign horror is better because American horror has become too dependent on uh, shock value and gore and less on getting in your head. Uh, well, that's nothing. Yeah, some of the European shit is all about gore. Well, they got some weird. Yeah, shit. I will say it's just yeah. I don't know if it's like quite across the board because yeah, like Italian or um, European horror, I've always found has been a lot more disturbing and a lot yeah. more gory. Uh, and a lot more sexually explicit in general than American horror. American horror, even the torture porn kind of stuff that came out like in the early two, to mid 2000s was a little bit, not tame, but tame in comparison to European shit. Yeah. Fr but the French were fucking doing wild ass bullshit. That's what I mean. I'm just uh, like the new French extremity movies yeah. that came out like in the early to mid 2000s. Um, a lot of those were way more disturbing than any of the American shit, like yeah. way gorier. Like, like watch something like Martyrs or something like that. Holy fucking shit! That movie made me feel bad for days and days and days. And it's way more disturbing than any American what, movie. I have limits to what I'll watch. The, the my limit is like Human Centipede. See, I don't. That was pretty disturbing. To I've me. seen just, it. I was like, Man. um. Like I said, I don't gore. I still enjoyed it, but I don't want any more than that. Gore and torture and stuff. I know this is going to sound fucked up. Gore and torture and stuff like that in a movie, if it's fake, doesn't bother me that much. Um, but shit, vomit, yeah. that kind of that grosses me out. Like I can't watch that. I'll just gag forever. So Human Centipede, I watched the first one and then I saw part of the second one, and I was just kind of like. I look. I like the premise. Okay, I do like that. Sounds like some shit I would have. I actually did write a short story that was kind of like that, like a long time ago. Yeah. Not people like being, uh, you know, all roped together like ass to mouth, but similar. Yeah. So, um, but I wrote it on purpose to gross myself out because I wanted to see if I could. But honestly, if, if anything's gonna gross me out it's going to be that gore does not really bother me it has to be real egregious before because so when i see people talking about oh my god terrifier 2 it was like so gory and stuff like it was but it's like it didn't really bother me yeah there's much. a lot worse there's yeah. way worse i've yeah. seen way worse I and like, like terrifier i thought they're terrifier one and two i thought they were cool i did too uh and I and that. i don't know if you've seen it but there's a great fucking i think it's oh where is it from is it taiwanese called the sadness yeah. Woo, that is a that is a bloodbath. Oh, it's a great movie though. It's like an infection it's I don't want to say zombie. It's kind of like a zombie movie, but um but that was like really good too. I think I reviewed it a while back. But yeah, so gore doesn't bother me, but shit and vomit, I'm just kind of like, eh, not I'm not about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that kind of shit like bothers me. Um all right. So, I guess you sound like you're kind of winding down. Yeah. But yeah, so oh, the cell if you want to watch the cell. We're gonna review that one next, probably. Okay. Right. Um, so I don't know. We can watch it tonight if you want, but we're gonna review that next week. Next, okay, we'll watch it then. Then. So okay. and we got to do Dark City too. Okay. And Danny brought up Dark City because right. Jennifer Connelly is in that as well. All right. I bought him those for Valentine's Day. Yeah. So we're gonna review those two over the next couple weeks. I don't know which one we're gonna do first. Before we go though, I wanted to say again, thank you, Zanada. I don't know if he's in here. I've uh, seen. Him. For sending us Blood yeah. Diamond, because like I said, I had seen this once and I really wanted to see it it's again. And, it's, and man, it's it's like yeah. way better the second time. Yeah. I also wanted to give a shout out to um, one of our newest patrons, Kelly G, yes. who not only joined 
Patreon a couple weeks back. I think I mentioned it on the show. But over the weekend, sent us a very generous, very generous. PayPal donation. Yeah. So a, thank you very much, Kelly. That was very much did. appreciated. Um, sent us damn near $100. I mean, I was yeah. very surprised yeah. like when I when I opened my email and saw that. I was like, oh, my God. Thank you very much. Also, we have another new patron named Julie. Oh, good, good. So thank you very much and welcome. Hopefully you'll go in there and vote on topics and stuff like that. Yeah. Because that's what you can do when you're a patron. Or it's going to be a good week. What's the, what, do, do we already have Wednesday shows planned? Yes, out? that's what, what I was just going to say. Okay. Um, I hate to tell you, but it's going to be kind of a bummer show. But I have been wanting to do one about this. Uh-oh. We are going to be talking about the abduction and murder of Adam Walsh from oh, 1981. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very, very high profile case. Yeah. Honestly, um, America's Most Wanted. Yeah, this was the son of John Walsh. who went yeah. on to do America's Most Wanted. Yeah. And probably this was the case that had the most impact on American culture in terms of stranger danger and child abduction and things like, and it, you know, a bunch of laws were passed in its wake yeah. and stuff like that. So I had been wanting to, because honestly, I remember I was nine years old when this happened. And I remember this was all over the news and it scared the fucking piss out of me yeah like hearing about this case it's a horrible horrible case but uh but yeah so we're gonna be talking about that and uh there had been some developments in it that i didn't really know about so which we will discuss at the time but yeah that's what's gonna be uh wednesday's show so like i said sorry it's gonna be kind of a bummer but it has it is a topic that i've been wanting to talk about for a while but um yeah danny rowling said john walsh got rich off rich as fuck off his kid he kind of did. I mean, well, he kind of did, but it was the show, not not his kid. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I can see how that happened. I don't know. No, I think he was distraught, man. Well, yeah. as, uh, considering yeah. what happened to that kid, right, holy yeah. crap, it was just it's horrible. But yeah, I think well, honestly, that happens a lot. Like I, you know, I watch a lot of true crime. I read a lot of true crime, and honestly, a lot of parents who have shit like that happen to their kids, they're you know their their main instinct seems to be we we need to stop this happening to other people's children because yeah. now they know what it's like right. so they'll go into like advocacy and stuff like that so i don't think it's necessarily for nefarious reasons it's just because they can't you know they can't bring their kid back but so they're just like well all i can do now is to prevent it from happening to somebody else yeah. you know what i mean so i can understand that instinct so i don't really want to shit on them too bad you know what i mean but we'll kind of talk about that on the show on Wednesday. So hopefully you guys can join us for that. And again, thank you, Xanada, for sending us Blood Diamond. I really did have a good time rewatching this. And Tom fucking loved it. Which yeah, I, I knew I knew you would. Yeah. I knew you would. I did even the the little bit that I remembered about it. I said Epic he's flip. he's, he's gonna love this fucking movie. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Um and I think more people like I said, more people don't talk about it than not as many people talk about it as they do about the departed, which came out the same year, but I think this is just as good, if not a little bit better. So yeah, so more people should see it. All right, so we're going to wrap it up, go get something to eat. Hopefully you guys um, will come by on Wednesday. I will probably put up a video for Fright Night 2 tomorrow because a friend of the show, Dermot, actually sent me a little bit on PayPal and wanted me to review it. So I did a video for that, so I'm going to put that up tomorrow. So keep on the lookout for that, and we'll see you guys again on Wednesday night.